You're listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bowness, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church or service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bowness. Just while the children are going out, if you have a Bible, in whatever format you might have it, um, and if you go to Ecclesiastes 3, Ecclesiastes 3. I just want to say, before I get into this message today, that when we're planning what to say, when we're planning what to preach, we're, we're not just kind of just randomly selecting things or, or picking things that when we're, we're seeking God over what would you have us say to your people, Lord. The same would be true for me, for Ian, for Len. We all seek God over what we should be sharing. And when I saw the Lord at the, uh, at the last part last week about this message, because we're talking about our third value, which is embrace. And I, I was really seeking God over what, what do you want me to say, Lord? And more and more particularly, what do you want to say through your word? And I, I felt drawn led to Ecclesiastes 3. But, but within that, it's a difficult passage. It's a difficult passage particularly today. So my prayer is that the Lord will enable me to faithfully and sensitively speak His word into this fellowship this morning. Life it's never really the way that we want it to be. And it's unavoidable that there will be heartbreak in life. And we, we, we could just push it into the corner, sweep it under the rug, under the bed, that's how I used to tidy my room. <laughs> we could do that, we could just bundle it away. Men are typically good at doing that, we just shovel it away. We don't want to see emotion, we don't want to show emotion, because emotion is weakness, we, we bundle it away. When we lock it up and we think, I'll deal with that another time, we can't. We have, to, we have to address these things. So my prayer, Lord, please, faithfully and sensitively. Now, I don't know whether you caught this in the news this week, um, but there was a driver who was caught on the A9 um, during the snow, because he or she, <laughs> was driving like this. Um, <laughs> I'm sure some of you have seen that, haven't you, on the news? They actually got points on their licence for that. Good, good. And maybe you'll agree with me, but I think one of the most important components of the car is the windscreen. You know, there are other things that are really important, like the wheels, steering wheel, brakes, engine, you know, pretty important stuff to have in your car. But without the windscreen, you'd be driving like this. Because it kind of shields you from all the bugs that fly away in the wind. You know, if you've been spending three hours in the morning sorting your hair out, like I have, obviously, <laughs> then, uh, then, then it becomes really important, but it's not your only view. And that's the mistake that that driver made. It's not your only view out of the car. Because you should have side windows, so you're aware of what goes on around you, and you have a rear view mirror, so that you can park. Now, so, well, so you can look behind you, not just park, by the way. I don't want to teach you bad habits now. I'm not a qualified driving instructor. No, this is, this is the way that I, I park. Okay, Jess and I both prefer reverse parking. 
So th this is the way that I'll do it. <laughs> and occasionally checking the mirrors just to make sure I don't clip somebody. And then this is the way that Jess parks. <laughs> and, and hers is very much neater than mine. Mine's kind of clunky. I want to get into the space as quickly as possible and get into Tesco's. Uh, Jess, other two parkings are available, by the way. Um, <laughs> Jess, uh, Jess, she's a very good parker. I, I will say that. You are wonderful. You're better than being parking. Now, both of us use our mirrors, uh, and both of us stay aware when we're driving, but we both know that we can't drive forward um, if we're always looking behind us. The mirror is useful, but you shouldn't be using the mirror to drive forward. Unless you're Steve McQueen and you're doing one of those fabulous car chases or something like that. <laughs> and, and you need to check your mirrors regularly. My, my instructor said once every 10 seconds you should be looking at all three of your mirrors. That seems a bit more dangerous than it is, but there we go. Um, and, and, and there's a right time, and there's a right purpose for everything. There's a right time to look back. There's a right time to look around us. But we can't move forward well if we're always looking around. And Jesus actually, it comes across quite harsh how Jesus says it, but he says anyone who puts his hand to the plough and turns back is not worthy, cannot be my disciple. Anyone who puts their hand to the plough and then gets distracted and goes backwards. That, that sounds like quite a harsh thing. But I think what Jesus is saying is this, you, you can't move forward like this. You, you've got to focus where you're going headed in that direction intently. Now, currently, we're spending a bit of time unpacking our vision and our values. And I keep saying we want to make it really clear to you so that you know what kind of people we are and what kind of direction we're wanting to go in. Um, last week, we looked at our second value statement, which is that we are a people who encourage each other. Uh, and that's less about us seeking our own applause and our own praise, and more about us building each other up, being there for each other, rejoicing uh, in the fact that if somebody else succeeds for the kingdom, then we succeed. If you win, I win. If I win, you win. That's the way it works. If this church is successful, every church wins through that, because it's about the kingdom, it's not about the building. And today we're considering our third value, and this is that we are a people who embrace. It's not so much about that. That's true, but I think that comes into encouragement, doesn't it? That, that kind of hug. Embrace means more than just to have a hug. One of the things that we have to embrace in life is time. We have to embrace it. We have no choice in the matter. Time is moving forward. It's moving us in a forward direction. There is an inevitability about time. And I, I stood at the graveside of one of my friend's fathers this week. And he took his own father's funeral. And as he stood at the graveside, he said, he implored the people who were surrounding, some of them believers, some of them not, he said, you can't escape this. It's going to come to every one of you. What are you going to do with it? What courage, what selflessness to be able to do that at your own father's graveside. 
Now, with time comes seasons. And I, I think we could re-term seasons as change. Moving forward means change. That's unavoidable. That's not my sentence system, by the way. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Moving forward means changing seasons. You know, you the snow's come down this morning, but you give it three months, and the sun will be shining, the, the daffs will be up. You know, seasons change, things change. The summer last year, it seemed to last forever, and it was fantastic. It was, I hope every summer in Scotland is as good as that one. Somehow I doubt it. But, but every season, every single season will change. And even in that, there's some kind of coming around again. Have you noticed that people have been wearing flares? I mean, they don't call them flares, they're just baggy, well, well this is about 10 years back now, but they were baggy trousers. And that, that kind of goes back, this is going back to the 70s. And now, of course, if you're cool, which I'm clearly not, if you're cool, it's all about skinny jeans. Like jeans that are like this. It's like, nobody wants to see my car like that. But that's the cool thing. I mean, that's, again, a knock back in time. I think that was probably the mods and the mockers are all about the skinny jeans, weren't they? Everything kind of comes around. Go to Ecclesiastes 3. And it says this, there is a time for everything. Every season, for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die. Actually, a time to be born, that could be a time to give birth. I wonder what, what we could give birth to in this church. I wonder what we could give birth to that will affect this town. And then the other end, a time to die, there's a, a real comfort in knowing that God has this in his hands. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He was there when we drew our first breath. He will be there as we breathe our lives. God is faithful at every juncture in between. He's never taken by surprise. Never. Nothing that has happened in your life has been a surprise or a shock to God. He's not scrambling to catch up with the circumstances and trying to make it right. He knows intimately the hurts and the heartaches that you've been through. Everything, he knows it. You get this, this is great. He will put a full stop to our pain. Because he's still writing our story. He will put a full stop to our pain. And the Bible says it like this, he will wipe away every tear in your eyes. Everyone. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. Not advocating <coughs> killing, by the way. Reflecting on the reality of life. A time to tear down and a time to build, both of which are needed for refurbishment. Uh, our buildings, we had to pull out the old carpet. We had to tear out, we had to rip up the old carpet in order that the new one be laid. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. This links really well with Romans 12, doesn't it? They're talking about rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourning with those who mourn. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. 
a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate. God is not saying there is a time for you to hate your neighbour. He's not saying that there is a time where it's acceptable for you to hate somebody in the church or anywhere else for that matter. That's not what this is talking about. God hates. Did you know that? He doesn't hate you. In fact, Psalm 146 says that he has compassion on all that he has made. He loves everything that he has made. So God does not hate any of his creation. What he hates is injustice. What he hates is sin. What he hates is hypocrisy. What he hates is idolatry. What he doesn't hate is you. He loves you. He adores you. What Solomon is talking about in this very wise poem is about the fullness of life. Unfortunately, life isn't like a pick and mix jar where you can kind of take out the bits that you want and leave the licorice behind. <laughs> Unfortunately, is that the best bit? I don't know Life is a bundle pack. You don't get to pick and choose. And so the question is, how do we deal with this? And I don't know if you're the same as me, but I've spent a lot of time in my life doing this. Because I, I, I remember what it was like back then, at least I think I do. I remember how great those days were. I remember when I could run around without feeling physically sick. That was a great time. <laughs> I, I love those times back. It's bad. I, I'm so, I need to get myself fit. But it's no good me just looking back and going, oh, those were the days. Those were the days where I could leg it in my car to wouldn't burn. And I'd feel like they were on fire beneath me. The thing about time is it means that you're always moving forward. And so we need to make sure that we're looking where we go. To embrace, this is our next value. We value doing things in a new way and we hold loosely to tradition. Embrace is our visionary people who can see the big picture and are willing to chase it down. They can see the promise and are prepared to take steps toward the promise. They embrace change. We are audacious, recklessly brave and creative, willing to take risks in order to achieve the goal. We can do all of this because we are emotionally mature, always moving forward and seeking to develop our own character and our relationship with Jesus. We are resilient and we're not swayed by gossip or popular opinion. Again, you might be thinking, as I've said in Greek, that's not really how I feel about stuff. That's not who I am. Please relax, nor am I. In fact, I was in the car with Leslie yesterday, and I think, I do believe, just following up from last week, as somebody cut me up, I went, you muppet! I literally just preached it. I'm a chump in every way that you're a chump. We're all chumps in some way or another. And, and this is where we're trying to get to. This is where we're saying, Lord, please build this. Please change me. Come and renew my heart, renew my mind. Make me the person you want me to be. The person that you saw 
as I was knit together in my mother's womb. How are we to be that? We value doing things in a new way, and we hold loosely to tradition. This is a really tough one, very sensitive. Traditions can be very important. They provide us with comfort, structure, clarity, direction, identity, belonging, rhythm and routine. There are some traditions which I really love. I also love our old family traditions. There's something about the fact that my mother always used to put the Christmas tree up on, on, on Christmas Eve. And, and she wouldn't put the, the angel on the top of it until we'd all, all gone to bed. So that when we came down in the morning, it was like, wow, the angel's there. As if we didn't know that she'd just done that. But do you know, I love that. I, I, because there's a security in that for me. And I don't think that needs to change. You know, it might change, and if it does, it does. But I think there's a, a beautiful sort of youthfulness in that. But also, traditions can become things that hold us into unhealthy dependencies and patterns. Habits. And we can see really destructive habits. We know how destructive smoking can be on us because we, we can see that habit literally ruining us. So there are some habits that we know, just off the bat, are unhealthy. But then there are other things that seem good, but maybe should change. Maybe they work it, and maybe they need to change. Because our clarity, our direction, our identity, our sense of belonging, all need to come from the throne room of heaven and not from the traditions of men. I, I'm really trying to be very gentle with this because there are things, there are traditions in my life that if you try and rip them away from me, that will hurt. Because I'm so used to them that I, I kind of use them like a support structure as well. So I, so I understand and I'm trying to be very gentle with this. Soul Survivor, has anyone heard of this uh, festival? It's, it's a really massive youth festival that takes place in the summer um, and it's designed at getting young people into the presence of God and over the years that it's been going it's done some phenomenal amazing work, lives changed literally taken out of the dust and put into the kingdom amazing work, Mike Kodavachi is the guy that kind of visioned it and spearheaded it, fantastic guy real heart for young people real passion for young people and yet, he is handing over the ropes to somebody else. He's recognised that God has said to him, that was good, but it's not a tradition. Give it to somebody else. And he's given it to somebody else, a youngster, who's going to do it differently. And that's hard for Mike Karabashi, but he's had to take his hands up and just say, Lord, you do your thing. There's no tradition that should be so concrete or permanent in our lives, except for those which are explicitly instituted in Scripture. We're not just, we're not, we're not wanting to throw it all out. We're, we're trying to change the bath water, but keep the baby in the bath at the same time. There are things like communion, like baptism, they are amazingly 
instituted very clear in Scripture, you carry on doing these things. These aren't traditions of men, these are instituted by God. We carry on doing them. But the, the way is great. And that's why you have so many denominations. Some denominations will baptize infants, some won't. I'm not here to criticize either way. We, we all do communion in different ways in every church. You know, it's, there's great around stuff. Uh, about how we outwork them. But ultimately, every tradition, every method, every style that we employ needs to serve. And what it needs to do is it needs to serve in bringing God into our view, front and centre. So everything about the way we do church, everything about the method, another church will do it another way, bless them, that's fine. As long as they're sticking to scripture, that's fine. Everything should bring us front and centre to God. Into his presence, into his glory. And sometimes we're, I can be really focused looking in the mirror, focused on what it used to be like, so that I miss what is or what is to come. But I want to say this really loud and clear to me. We still need to honour what is behind. We are not ripping up the rule book. We are not sticking our tongue out of the past and saying, well, you messed up, and we're going to show you how to do it properly. Arrogance. No way. That is not what our heart is. It's not what our passion is. I think we need to honour the past. We need to honour the past, even when the past wasn't quite right. I mean, look at history, church history. A lot of bad stuff has been done in the name of the church and in the name of Jesus. Yeah, we filter it. But we can still honour the men and women that, that faithfully led people to Jesus and helped them to grow as disciples. And the institutions within that, we need to honour that. If you're a newcomer to Riverview, and, and what I mean by newcomer is you've been here probably since Jess and I have been here last year. If you're a newcomer, know this, we love you. We really love you. We're so glad that you're here. We're thankful for you being here to build with us. And uh, we want you to come and build. Help us to build towards this vision what this church, as you look at what this church is currently and what it will be, as you look at what you like about what the church is now and what you hope to see in this church in the future, what I ask of you is this, please be kind, be patient, be gentle with those who love the church for what it was, for it's good and it wasn't wrong. And it's been a great beacon. You need to know that. This church has been a great beacon of light in this town. It has been an active participant in the kingdom. Honour that. Celebrate that. Love that. It's been a hub of great encouragement. It's been a hub of great teaching, of great training, of great worship and great prayer. That some of the men and women that you see on our leadership team today are here because of the encouragement and, and the investments of Len and Margaret and what they have done for years in this place, serving selflessly. Honour that, love that, be kind, be patient. For those of you who have been part of this church for longer, part of the Bones Apostolic Church before it became Riverview Church, we love you. 
We respect you. We, we're thankful for your faithfulness, for your courage, for your tenacity. This is your home. And we want to honour you as we honour Jesus in this house. This is your home. Stay, build with us. And while you build, look back with fondness. And I mean that. Look back with thankfulness. But be kind and patient with those who love the church for what it could be. For that isn't wrong, even if it is different. And what we intend to do here is to chase down a vision for this church and for this community that is all about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's our passion. We want to keep what is essential, commanded, timeless, imperative. But we also want to stretch out to reach a new generation, a changing culture, a world confused and lost. And to do that, we need to change some bits. And I want to commend you for how you hold that, Jess, and I talk about this often. Because change is always difficult. And the more you care about something, the harder it becomes to see a change. We value and love to see the attitude that is constantly being front and centre for us. From the guys who have been here for a little while longer than us. Their, their desire to grab a hold of what God wants in this community. Their desire to move forward. Their desire to be like Grace from Aberdeen, for those who know of Grace, who says, I might not like it, no. I'm going to serve God and I'm going to go with it. What a great attitude. I hope I'm like that when I retire and somebody in a little upstart comes in here. Yeah. I, I want to be the man that's going to beat him around the head and neck if he doesn't change the way I'm Because time has seasons and seasons have changes. But this is the thing, unity. Unity above all. That's why I've just said to newcomers and members who've been here longer, we need to be together. Unified. This isn't the church of two churches, Bonas Apostolic Church and Revenue Church. This is one church here in this community for the kingdom. We serve together, we love together, we're family together, we'll cry together, we'll mourn together, we'll laugh together, we'll rejoice together. It's together. Why? Because that honours the Father. Very briefly, three characteristics of somebody who is an embracer. Firstly, we're visionary. We see the big picture. And we're willing to chase it down. We, we see the promise and we're prepared to take steps toward the promise. This vision for a kingdom community in Bowness, we want to march towards it. And then just clear the path so that that can happen and we do it together in unity. Hebrews 11 says this, uh, verse 8, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. Notice that he would later receive it, but he obeyed and went. And that's our vision. We will later see that fulfilled, but we obey now and we go. Even though he did not know where he was going, but it isn't that poignant. 
By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. Uh, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. As an embracer, I'm not asking you to embrace my vision. I'm not asking you to embrace the vision of the leadership of Moonbeam Church. I'm asking you to embrace the vision of the kingdom community in this town where God is honoured and exalted in every facet of our society. That's where we are now. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. He never saw that. He never saw that, but he stepped forward in the promise. Are we looking through the windscreen or are we constantly checking the mirror? Secondly, we're audacious. Now, to be audacious, it can mean either to take surprisingly bold risks to be intrepid, to be brave, to be courageous, but it can also mean a lack of respect, to be insolent, to be impertinent. Uh, it's the former, you'd be glad to know, it's the former and the la- uh, not the latter that we are aspiring to. We want to be recklessly courageous as we move forward. And if the word reckless, that can be like careless. We don't want to be careless with how we move forward, but we want to take great risks for the kingdom. We want to embrace the fact that we might fail, but we're going to try anyway. That's being reckless. Step forward, step forward, step forward. Courage. Take risks for the kingdom. Be creative in the way that we do it. Dream new ways of doing things that honour God and, and help other people to come into his presence. Just because it has always been done in a particular way. However good that way might be doesn't mean that it has to always be done in that particular way. If you're like me, and you've already locked in the way you reverse your car, that's going to be quite hard to change. I can't do it like Jess. I, I can't reverse like her. I don't know which way is right, it's probably mine. But <laughs> and all this, it's possible if we are mature or maturing in Christ, and that's the first thing. That, that as mature people, we're always moving forward, seeking to develop our character, seeking to develop our relationship with Jesus. You know, your time in God's presence is vital to the health and the growth of this church. Absolutely vital. Individually, together, being a mature believer means that we press into His presence. Persevere. We have a growing relationship with Jesus. We're resilient to what the world will throw us. And we're not swayed by gossip or popular opinion. And as this church grows, you will hear things said about each other and about me, about other leaders. Because that's the way that the world works. And sadly, it's often the way that the church works. But we're not going to be like that. We're not going to talk in the corners. We're not going to do the Time old chef crap when really you just want to look nugget about somebody else. 
We're not going to do that because we're moving towards maturity. We're, we're moving towards being believers who are increasing in our relationship with Jesus. And that then increases how we love each other and how we move forward with each other. And as I wrap up, you had to take that song, Everything Changes for You? We might not have done. <laughs> Everything changes for you. Look, God has a history of changing things. He does. He changes people's names. He changes the way that the whole instituted religion works. The, the, the whole Old Testament was a sacrificial system. Jesus answered all of that and became the sacrifice. So that now we don't have to be in a temple slitting the throat of a lamb or a bull or something like that because Jesus has transformed that. God changes things. He flips it about. He shakes it up. God constantly changes things. And he's changing you and he's changing me. And sometimes we try and hold on to that because we like what we used to see in ourselves. And actually moving forward into what God has for us is difficult, challenging, scary. Isaiah 43 says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing in your life this morning. Do you know that? God is doing a new thing in your life this very morning. But while everything changes, He won't. That's your anchor. That's your safe harbour. That's your strong tower. Everything changes for him. Everything you see one day will not be around. The God will never change. He is faithful. He is the same. Yesterday, today, forever. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the one who holds eternity, time and the world in his hands. If you feel like you're out of the limb, he's got you. If you feel like you're all alone, he's got you. If you feel like you have no hope, he's got you. If you feel like the weight of the grief from what you've seen in your life in the past is unbearable, he's got you. And if even in the present all you want to do is go and find a dark space and hide in it because you are broken hearted, he's got you there. Everything will change, but he never will. He is faithful. Every promise that he has made, he will stick to every promise. I remember how easy it was to sleep compared to doing a job that you have responsibility. Sometimes I honestly I find for that. Sometimes I see these young kids here and I think, you don't know how easy you got it. But you see, my thinking there is completely naive. It's completely roasted. Because if I went back, the fear that I lived in as a child of an abusive parent. And because of that, the way that I played up in school meant that I, I often came into school in fear. I got arrested when I was in school. That's not something actually looking back on and going, wow, those are the good old days. <laughs> Do you remember that when I got kicked in front of my mum? <laughs> Those are the good days. Our memories, I think, and I think this is God's mercy. I really do think it's God's mercy that our memories generally filter the horrible 
Where it caused me 